Thanks for checking out Chip Chats. I'm your host, Chip Midnight. I've been interviewing musicians since 1991, and it never gets lost on me how many great opportunities I've had over the years, and I continue to have. Growing up in the 80s, Billy Idol helped bridge the gap between punk rock and American Top 40. You didn't have to love the Sex Pistols or the Dead Kennedys to be a fan of Rebel Yell and White Wedding. And while Idol had come from the punk band Generation X, his guitarist Steve Stevens had grown up on everything from Led Zeppelin to B.B. King. There were many evenings where the teenage Chip stood in front of his bedroom mirror with Mom's metal yardstick playing air guitar to heroes like Eddie Van Halen, Randy Rhodes, and yes, Steve Stevens. So when presented with the opportunity to hop on a Zoom call to chat with Steve, it took me all of about five seconds to hit reply and say, hell yeah. It's always amazing to get these opportunities and something I'll never take for granted. Here's my interview with Steve Stevens. You know, yeah. obviously, we're here to talk about the Randy Rhodes project. How does something like that come about? Um, well, it, I think the, the impetus for it was uh, Tom Morello getting Randy inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And um, and uh, Janet, who's a member of the, um, the group that I'm um, contributing to, uh, was um, one of Randy's students, which I didn't know. Um, I knew that he had a, uh, uh, I knew he was a teacher. I knew he had a school. Um, but I hear, you know, more and more people that say, yeah, I took a couple of lessons with Randy. And you start to hear all these kind of things. And, uh, and she was, a, she was, um, one of his, you know, um, uh, uh, full-time students. Um, so I was contacted. They wanted it to coincide with his induction. Um, and, uh, and they said, oh, we're reinterpreting it for Spanish guitar. And, um, one of the things I knew about Randy is that, uh, you know, he loved classical guitar. And, um, I remember reading an interview with him where he said, yeah, he was, he would go and, and, and find the names of classical teachers on his, uh, days off on the Aussie oh, yeah. tours and stuff. And I mean, that's, that's dedication to continue to learn. And, and I think I look at it the same way, you know, um, I started on uh, classical and moved to flamenco, and um, uh, and it's always been um, uh, something that I always draw inspiration from because um, you know it's always cool to have influences outside of the music that you're known to make, um, whether it's classical or jazz or whatever, and it gives you you know it helps give you and develop a, a unique style. Is it a different mindset when you switch back and forth between electric, playing flamenco, playing acoustic, like classical? Like, do you have to get yourself in a, a kind of psyched up in a different headspace to play different uh, guitars? Well, for me, the, the the fact is that you know, I, my dad first brought a guitar into the house when I was when I was six and a half. Uh, I guess I started lessons or started uh, hanging with other guitar players when, from the time I was seven, then got a flamenco teacher and I didn't get an electric guitar till I was 13. Okay. <clears throat> so it's really the foundation of what I do. So I don't consciously think in my mind, Oh, now I'm playing flamenco or classical. It's just, um, it's just a natural, you know, if it's got six strings on it, <laughs> I, I'm at home, you know, <laughs> right. obviously the technique is, is a little bit different. Um, but it's, I will say that acoustic guitar is a great writing tool because you can, you can really, um, 
especially with Billy Idol and myself, uh, every song that we've ever written has always started with with acoustic guitar because it's it's kind of um, you really get your full chords and you can hear where the composition is going and it's maybe the naivety of you're not getting caught up in technology or sounds or anything. You're just looking for a good tune. Um, so um, so I continue to play a lot of acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about that the, the acoustic tour you did with Billy, but let's stick on the Randy Rhodes topic for a second. That, Randy Rhodes was my introduction to to really music, honestly. Um, you know, I don't know if you you're a little bit older, so I'm not sure how it was when you were you know eight, nine, ten years old. But I remember growing up, and it was I'd listen to the radio, and I'd like a song, but I didn't really like a band. I didn't buy records. It was I was hopping around song to song, but I had a friend. Um, I was in fifth grade, and my friend's sister was in college, and she we I lived in Connecticut. And she went to Pepperdine in California. So she left all of her records behind. Right. And we used to go listen to her records. And um, I was gravitated to the Ozzy Osbournes and the Van Halen. So Ozzy was really like Blizzard of Oz was the first record I ever owned. And so Randy Rhodes was the first wow. guitar hero yeah. I knew. Um, were, were you familiar with Randy Rhodes? Like when you were coming up? Um, well, I guess I was about 17. And um, uh, my girlfriend at the time used to get these Japanese uh, music magazines, Music yeah. Life, because there was a lot of bands in there um, that weren't really getting recognition in the States. Uh, she was from Brooklyn, and there was a band called Riot, and oh, they, yeah. had, uh, they had a successful record in, in, in Japan. So people, people who were really championing Riot were buying Music Life magazine because the American magazines – wouldn't give him no time of day. Yeah. So I'm reading Music Life, and I come upon Quiet Riot uh, when Randy was in the band. I yeah. thought, wow, this is a really cool-looking band. Um, you know, who's Quiet Riot? You know, I didn't know. And um, and I think, I think the first thing I thought about Randy is he re reminded me of Mick Rodson, who I loved. And, oh, yeah. um, and I thought, oh, you know, was, uh, you know, I should look into this. And I think I got one of the Quiet Riot uh, releases, the import record, yeah. and, um, and thought, oh. But obviously, once, once I heard the first record he did with Ozzy, it was you know, a whole other, whole other thing. You know, he had obviously... Yeah. Uh, been 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 uh, scheming this you know uh, waiting to unleash on us these great great tunes and great solos you know yeah absolutely i, I think the the hall of fame induction was was very well deserved and um it was great to see him get that that recognition absolutely yeah yeah um in all of your guitar playing just picking up a guitar or you know i know you do sometimes you do some of those um I don't know what you call them, like the all-star jam kind of stuff. Have you played uh, Crazy Train before? Like, is it is it something that, that is one of your kind of regular go-to cover songs when you're with people? <clears throat> um, yeah, I actually played it with Ozzy. We did a benefit oh, wow. that was put together by uh, Linda Perry, the producer. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm always, uh, you know, when you, when you, there's certain certain bands and certain songs where you learn them loosely, yeah. and there's room to interpret. With things like Van Halen and uh, and Ozzy and those Ozzy Osbourne songs, you have to learn them exactly, and you <laughs> really have to put in the hours. and um, And it is great because you know you, you you get to you get into the mindset, and uh, and you realize how composed Randy's uh, solos were. I mean, his rhythm oh, yeah. guitar rhythm guitar stuff is is phenomenal. But those solos are like little um, little little symphonies within themselves, you know, like three minute, two minute little 
pieces of uh, of composition. So, um, you know, once again, you can hear that that classical influence. Yeah. So I know I've, I've read interviews and, and heard you talk about like you grew up with the classic rock bands and and you like Black Sabbath. And so, did you ever think that someday? That, you know, when you were listening to Black Sabbath record, that you would have a relationship, you would work with Ozzy, that you would work with Geezer. I'm not sure if you've ever worked with um, Bill or Tony, but um, would, could you have ever dreamed that, like when you were listening to those Black Sabbath albums early on? God, no. <laughs> <laughs> God, no. I, you know, um, what I've always been, I, I was never one of those guitarists or, or people who ever, like, thought, in terms of making it, you know, oh, I hope I make it. I um, I just love the instrument, and you know, yeah. and I, and that's the the whenever I'm asked to give uh, advice to young budding musicians, you ha- and I always say you have to you have to do it whether you have to want to do it whether you make a penny or a million dollars. It doesn't, you know, you have to do it because it stimulates a way of expressing yourself that otherwise you wouldn't have that outlet. So. Um, I mean, it's, uh, you know, obvi- obviously when I'm working with somebody, sometimes you go, I mean, I remember when we were did sound check with Ozzy and I was up there and you hear that voice in the monitors and you kind of go, God damn, it's Ozzy Osbourne, <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't help it, but, but be that way. And, and, um, and I found that most of the time, the guys who were my musical heroes, quote unquote, turn out to be the coolest people. You know, so it's uh, um, it's really, you know, it's great when that happens. Yeah. So I know that you, uh, I read that you've done some stuff with Ozzy um, that has not yet seen the light of day. Um, I know that you are in control of that. Uh, do you think we'll ever see that stuff or hear that stuff? Um, no, I mean, I really, uh, it, at the time I was, I live in Las Vegas now, but I was living in okay. Los Angeles and I had a home studio. And um, the the second guitarist in Billy Idol is uh, B- uh, Billy Morrison, who's Ozzy's buddy, and they do a show together. And he just asked me, oh, can we use the studio? Ozzy would like to, you know, do a bit of writing. And it was really as innocent as, innocent as that. So um, uh, who knows? I don't, I, you know, it was never, um, uh, I never, I, I was really just, you know, happy to let them use my studio and contribute in whatever way. Sure. So I'm going to go back in time a little bit. I mean, you've been going back in time, but um, I'm going to be publishing this on the Big Takeover website. And I don't know if you know, do you know the Big Takeover magazine? Mm-hmm. I was, I was going to say, I think the Big Takeover magazine probably started around the time that you started playing music. I think the first issues came out in the, in the early 80s. So um, right. very, very cool kind of to, to, to connect the two and, and put those two together. Oh, I didn't see you're wearing a Max's Kansas City shirt. Too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, very cool. I never got to visit that. I've been to CBGBs a few times, but never made it to Max's. Um, right. But I have to imagine that was sort of a, a the early 80s was, was um, I don't know, at the time if it felt magical, but, you know, and maybe it's dreamlike magical. Maybe I look back on that days and, and try to read about it. Um, and it may not have been as cool and clean and awesome as it's as it, as it feels like today but uh were you going to all those clubs were you going to see all those bands the ramones and blondie and television and all that stuff yeah yeah absolutely i mean it was um it was a renaissance in new york of, of uh and not only it, it, as when a scene <clears throat> happens like cbgb's and there's 
opportunity. That's the main thing. There's opportunities. There's record companies that are looking at bands, signing bands, giving them the opportunity to get their music out. There's venues for bands to play, not just CBGBs, but there was places all over the city to play. And you could afford to live in the city. Uh, They used to have a thing called AIR, which was Artist in Residence, which meant that if you could show uh, the mayor's office in New York, that you were an artist, either painter, sculptor, musician, and you contributing to the arts in New York, you could get uh, um, a subsidized uh, rent, have your rent subsidized. And that's why so many people and so much music and art from, you know, Basquiat and Keith Haring, and that time in New York was, uh, you know, it was a perfect melting pot of music and art and everything, and uh, it was really... Uh, it was really special. I was going to the High School of Performing Arts, which was the, the fame school, and uh, this, you know, around 75. And um, uh, I, got, I, I got admitted into the school on guitar, but the guitar is not a member of the orchestra. So they, they said, uh, well, you have to learn another instrument. I lost interest very quickly. You know? <laughs> so, and then one of my classmates the next year, um, we went down to Max's, and I, uh, I saw some bands and... Um, <laughs> and the next morning over uh, breakfast, I told my parents I was dropping out of high school. <laughs> and, um, you know, um, that was my, you know, that was my education. My education yeah. wasn't what I was learning uh, in in school. And, uh, and I didn't, uh, I never thought in terms of, oh, well, you have to have something to fall back on. I was going to give my music and 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 I just loved it so much and loved the scene and everything. I was going to give it my 110%, uh, whatever it took, uh, yeah. to put all my energies. Because I think if you have if you have something to you know fall back on, every little misstep or um, uh, disappointment, you'll be going. Well, maybe I should pack it in now, you know. But if you if you just look at it like it's all part of the learning procedure. I'm just going to continue to do it. And that's what that scene was like. So, yeah, it was. And and then, so not only were those bands happening, then you had an influx of people coming to live in New York, uh, like Billy Idol and um, and even Robert Fripp from uh, from King Crimson was hanging out with uh, Chris Stein and Debbie Harry and uh, John Waite. And, you know, it was opportunities for all kinds of music. Yeah. Do you think... um I mean, I, I know it's hard to say this, but um, if you had not hooked up with Billy, were there opportunities for you? Do you think you could have hooked on with with somebody else? I mean, or uh, had your own band? I know you had your own band, but uh, right, yeah. Um, I'm very fortunate to have to have met him, and yeah. you know, obviously, you know, almost forty years later, right. <laughs> some things are just meant to be, you know, and yeah. and the chemistry chemistry has to be there. Yeah, and, sure. And even though we came from, you know, grew up, you know, different countries, and 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 obviously he came from 1977 punk rock thing, which uh, really didn't, you know, I knew the Sex Pistols, but other than that, I didn't really, you know, uh, wasn't really aware. But but there's a chemistry thing about personalities and what you bring 
to compliment the other person. And sometimes it's not what you expect, but um, I'm sure I would have done something in music. I don't, you know, uh, you go where you, where your career takes you yeah. and whether, whether that would have been, um, uh, uh, you know, working in soundtracks or, you know, uh, to whatever degree, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that I'd still be making music. It just when you when you say John Waite, it made me think like I wonder what would have happened had the Billy thing if you had gone with John Waite. And, but I think you're right. The chemistry is is probably the most important part, right? That that's what uh, chemistry works. I mean, that's good. That's exciting. yeah. I mean, funnily enough, I'd say about three months before I met Billy, I had auditioned for Ian Hunter. Yeah. Uh, uh, he had moved to New York again, and um, uh, and I auditioned. I think I was. I must have been. Uh, 18 or 19, you know, and, um, and Ian's a bit older. And, and, um, so he, he said, you know, I'd love to have you in my band. You're the best guy who's walked in here, but you look like my grandkid. (laughs) He said, um, you know, I'm going to tell you now, I'm not going to hire you, but damn, you're good, damn good guitar player. Well, as, and, and I appreciated that. And, um, as luck would have it, Ian produced the Second Generation X record. So when Billy was looking for musicians, somehow, I guess Ian called him and said, you know, there's this guitar player. And I had already met Billy. And Billy said, ah, funnily enough, uh, he's coming coming round at about 2 o'clock. <laughs> that's, that's great. So, yeah, I always tell people, even if you don't get the gig, um, be professional. And uh, because uh, it, it may lead to something else. Yeah. So what led to, was it just the, the whole music industry, the entertainment? What, what ended up, um, how did you end up leaving New York to go to L.A.? Um, there was a number of years that Billy and I didn't work together. He had moved to Los Angeles. I stayed in New York. Okay. Um, and, uh, and he did uh, Charmed Life and he did uh, Cyberpunk. And, um, and then I got a call after that. But we stayed in touch. We were always, you know... Um, you know, checking up with the, with each sure. other, and um, and and you know, there was no, you know, we didn't slag each other off. It was just okay. You're going to go to California and do your thing. I'm going to stay in New York. And um, but then he called me. He said, "Hey, would you want to want to get together and and work on a new record together?" And uh, said, uh, "Yeah, sure." You know, and initially I uh, uh, stayed in a hotel, and then. Uh, the, there was um, structure, uh, label structuring happening, and Chrysalis Records, which he was signed to, uh, was folding. He was going over to Capitol, so I went from a hotel to a residential hotel, <laughs> then rented an apartment and said, well, the hell with it, I'll just stay in California. Yeah, and now you said you're in Vegas. Do you make it back to New York often, or just kind of on tour stops? On tour stops, mostly, yeah. Um, I still have some friends there, and... Uh, um, but it's it's quite a different city than oh, yeah. even when I lived there. I mean, it's certainly different than when I grew up there. But, but um, I left there in the early '90s, and it's uh, it's okay. quite different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it seems like a lot of musicians do move to Vegas. Um, is, is 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 it the weather? Like, what is what is the <laughs> impetus for for Vegas? Why, why are, yeah. it's Vegas and Nashville seem to be where a lot of musicians are moving to now? Yeah. Um, well, my wife's. Uh, Quite a number of my wife's friends had moved out here. Okay. We were looking for a um, bit more space around us, and um, and uh, um, just the opportunity. Actually, what what really spearheaded it was when we were doing a lot of um, 
uh, residencies we we were doing oh, yeah. at the you know the the palms and um, and then the last one was at the um, oh, I forgot the name of the hotel. Um, but we over the years we we were spending more and more time working in Vegas and um, and as I kind of discovered what was outside of the strip I don't even I don't go to the strip but the you have the great hiking in the mountains with all these petroglyphs and you know. Uh, um, this, you know, I'm 62 years old now, and um, and I kind of dig connecting with with nature a bit, yeah. you know. So um, so far, I really like it. You know, it's it's been a good thing for us. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, so you were talking back at the beginning that uh, everything with Billy Idol starts off with acoustic guitars, and mm. I don't, I'm not sure that I realize that. And I know that you guys did an acoustic tour recently, and I I would have to imagine you've probably done those more often than I was aware of them. Is that right. have you done pretty often? Yeah, we've done we uh, we've done three of them now, and it, and it really started very innocently um, when Billy's autobiography came out. He said, "Oh, would you come and play a couple acoustic tunes uh, at book signings?" Okay. And um, we'd start off playing a couple of songs. We add another, add another. By <laughs> by the last one, I think we played like forty minutes or so. And um, and uh, someone at management said, "You know, this is really good because he gets to." tell the story of the songs and how we met and, uh, and some of the circumstances and craziness that went on around the recordings. And um, it's a whole different environment than, than the, the big show. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and we, 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 you know, the, uh, you know, the songs start on acoustic, they work acoustically and um, uh, you know, it's very, we do these small theaters and um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fun for us. Uh, keeps it fresh. Are they are they storytelling type shows? Like, did yeah. we talk about? Okay, oh, mm -hmm. very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do know that my one regret from last summer was not seeing you. I'm I'm in Columbus, Ohio, and you guys okay. played um, about an hour away at the outdoor amphitheater. And I think I went and saw Los Lobos that same week. And mm -hmm. um, as a 50 year old, I'm like, ah, can I drive there twice in a week and go to work? <laughs> yeah. and, and so I regret it. You know, as soon as I didn't go to the show. Of yeah. you guys, like I was like, oh, I, I totally should have gone to that show, but I'll, I'll uh, definitely catch you next time around. Okay, um, fair enough. I read, and I don't think it was you. I think it was Geezer that mentioned that um, Deadland Ritual is dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that due to COVID and the fact that you guys couldn't get together, or was it had it just kind of burned itself out? Or um, no, I mean initially it was. Um the timing looked right because um, uh, uh, Billy was going to do something with the uh, with uh, the former members of Generation X and Steve Jones, um, and he was they were planning to do a summer tour. And I said, "Well, you know, I should do uh, it'd be good. You know, either I'm going to start a solo record, and then I got a call from Matt Sorum, and um, he said, "Hey, I've been speaking to Geezer Butler about doing this band project," and I said, "Well." Uh, you know, I've got about it. Uh, you know, about nine, nine, ten months, and timing's right. And I'd, I'd love to do it. We, so we, you know, very innocently got in a room together, and uh, musically it worked with Frankie Perez. And um, but it was taking longer and longer and longer. And and I was my back was up against the wall with Billy Idol stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, we did a a, 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 a short tour of Europe. Um, a couple of festivals and things of that nature, and um, and without without a product out, I hate to say product because I don't look sure. at my stuff, but but without a record out, um, 
You know, it's it's you're, you're really challenging an audience. So you don't want to just be a cover band of playing Black Sabbath and Billy Idol and Stone Temple Pilots or whatever, um, you know, Velvet Revolver. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we were playing unheard material in front of uh, audiences and um, and I think you know I think that the timing was had we have just written and gone into studio and gotten a record deal and recorded first um, maybe the outcome would have been different but time really ran out and then I I, I said uh, you know um, I've got to go back to my day job with Billy yeah. Idol um, but those songs are. You know, uh, still on my hard drive. I hope to see them resurrected in some way, and um, and maybe it'll be with the same cast of characters because I certainly love playing with those guys. And um, and Geezer's, you know, he's as cool as they come. It's just yeah. like such a thrill to work with him. Sure. And so you said you went back to your day job, and and does that was that going back to the um the stuff that ended up on the EP? Did you guys start writing that stuff around that time? No, we toured. Uh, there was Billy Idol touring oh. dates, which happened, and then. Uh, <clears throat> and we, uh, I had been talking to Butch Walker, the producer. Oh, yeah. uh, just, just I had never met him before, but I sent him an Instagram message and I say, "I love your records." Uh, he, he had done the green, the most recent Green Day record, yep. which I really liked, and I said, "You know, you'd be the right guy to work with Billy Idol." And he wrote me back. He said, "Anytime." He said, "I'm a huge Billy Idol fan," and um, I guess he owned one of my Steve Stevens model guitars in the oh, 80s. Wow. So. Um, so we made plans to record, uh, and as luck would have it, you know, COVID hit uh, just as we finished uh, our Vegas residency, um, and um, and we spoke to Butch, and we said, well, Billy will, uh, uh, you know, uh, isolate, I'll isolate, and if, uh, if Butch will isolate, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, you know, for sure. a couple of weeks, basically it's just us three, um, you know, Butch plays all the instruments and engineers and the co-writes. So we said, well, let's just see what happens. Let's continue on our plan. And, um, and it was, uh, it worked out fine. I think it was the saving grace because had we've gone from, you know, planning on being excited about working with someone like Butch and then it being pulled out from us, I think COVID would have been much, much more devastating to us artistically, you know, we were like, fuck it, we're just going to continue to work, you know? It's what yeah. we, we always do, you know? And, and that's what I get the impression about you is that you're always got a guitar in hand, always sort of working on stuff. But I will say that um, a new Billy Idol album, um, and I'm sure you know this, like, you guys don't need to do that. You can go out <laughs> and play the hits, right? And so it's refreshing that, you're, that you still have the interest in recording stuff and Quite frankly, it sounds great. I mean, you know, there are some bands that put stuff out later in their careers that maybe is not so great, but but I think that the songs they sound great. Uh, so it's a it's a testament to the work you guys do together. I think. Well, we have a we have another. Thank you, thank you. It's really cool. Um, we have another EP coming out, which is uh, actually is very heavy. It's the oh, cool. others. It's the other side of the introspective Billy Idol. This yeah. next series of songs, I think, are going to really shock people. It's, it's us flexing our angry muscle a little bit. Um, so, I mean, when you say we don't have to do it, we actually have to do it because um, we're just the type of people, and I guess because we've worked together for so long that um, um, we, it's really that, you know, it's like breathing for us. We have yeah. to do new music. And whether it's, um, uh, 
you know, even approaching doing um, on the last tour we did uh, Born to Lose, the Heartbreakers song, the Johnny Thunders okay. thing. And it was just that. And I, and I said, you know, Billy, probably, you know, 90% of the audience is not going to know this song. He said, I don't care. I like playing it. And I go, so do I. It's good fun. Yeah. That's that's it exactly. That's the reason. That's awesome. So I know this summer you've got, uh, or spring or winter. Um, I don't know when the dates are, but the, the journey date's coming up, right? It, that's coming up soon, actually, I think, right? Actually, yeah. We head into rehearsals in, in about 10 days. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, 1982, Steve Stevens and Billy Idol. Would you have hopped on a 1982 journey tour, do you think? Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although... Here's the, here's the thing about Journey. Even punk rockers like Journey. Journey yeah, yeah. is one of Steve Jones' favorite bands because it's about the songs, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I had met Neil Schoen way back in the day because I loved his guitar playing. And even from the, the first inception of the band before uh, Steve Perry was in there, they were sort mm -hmm. of this kind of weird offshoot of Santana with a bit of prog and... Um, so I don't I don't think anyone would have put together the tour back in yeah. the 80s. We'll play with anybody. We don't delineate. We've played with some bands that people go, huh? You know, and, <laughs> and, and we actually really like opening for bands. Yeah. Uh, we don't have an ego about it or anything. We're happy to, um, um, I would assume there's a lot of Journey fans who maybe will only know the Billy Idol hits or, yeah. and, and we're there to kind of say, hey, you know, this is what we do and this is a whole other thing. Um, I think the common bond is, is the initial age group or whatever. And, sure. But it's, it's really about the songs. You know, if a band has, has uh, songs that last a lifetime, uh, like, like some of the Billy Idol stuff and certainly the Journey stuff, I think that's all people really want. You know, they yeah. want to see those songs, hear those songs. And, and hopefully when they see, you know, with Idol and I, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, oh, that's the same two guys. They're still doing it, you know. Yeah. Which is great. How, um, how do you decide on a set list, given your lengthy history for, for a tour like that? I mean, you obviously you're going to play the hits, but then, then, what, then what, how do you pick and choose what, you, what you're going to play? Um, we'll probably pick a couple, uh, you know, um, the last single that we released, Bitter Taste, yeah. Uh, goes down a storm live, and it's um, it's an important song, I think, in the in the canon of Billy Idol things. Yeah. Um, and then I I know we'll be rehearsing some of the new tunes. They probably won't even be out uh, by the time we play with Journey, but um, yeah. but uh, they're great songs, and we you know we change we change up things quite a bit each 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 night, um, and we always you know I mean Billy's kind of an unpredictable character on stage, so. Every time, you know, people say, well, do you enjoy playing, you know, Rebel Yell or whatever last 35 years? And I still love it, you know, because yeah. I look over at that guy and he's doing, uh, where, where, what's, you know, where do I go? You know, it's like, and we improvise a lot. And that's, that's, we have that freedom in our music to do that. Yeah. Like I mentioned, I'm in Columbus. So unfortunately, I don't get, I get Toto as the opening band on, on that, which is a little bit different than Billy Idol. But, um, sure. But, uh, so that being said, um, do you have do you have future tour plans for the rest of the year? So yeah, uh, after um, Journey, then uh, we um, 
think uh, we have some other dates, and then we go to Europe with the Go Go's, and we're doing. Oh, that's so cool! And we're doing like big, big arenas and stuff. It's the first time we'll be playing Wembley Arena, which has got to be for Billy growing up in England quite a, quite a big deal. It's like yeah. playing Madison Square Garden for me, or, um, and then we do Rock in Rio, and uh, and um, after that, uh, um, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, I, I have a couple teenage kids and, and I always, you know, uh, play the old guy card and, and I always, you know, reminisce about the old days. And I, and I keep trying to ask them and I ask my coworkers who are much younger than me, who are, and I don't know if you can answer this or maybe you can, who are, who are today's guitar heroes? Who are kids standing in front of the mirror pretending to be? And I have a hard time naming, like, <laughs> like people know Steve, Steve, it's like, I can name your name and Eddie Van Halen's name and Randy Rhodes' name and Richie Blackmore's name and, uh, um, any of those, any of Richie Sambora and, and all those guys from like the seventies and eighties mm-hmm. and people know those names. I can't think of a guitar hero today. Like, can you think um, of any, do you know, is there anybody that you I, have your eye on? Um, well, I think one of, one of the more recent, I mean, it's not, not, not the most recent guy, a guy like Tom Morello certainly took, sure. took what we were doing to another level and presented it, uh, to to his generation, um, and since then, I think there's a dangerous trend with guitarists um, who are kind of locked away in their bedroom with all this technical ability, getting on YouTube, and and they're all trying to like almost like Pac-Man, eat up all the dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not. It's I guess technically it's impressive. Um, but I always look for guitar players that have the whole picture, you know, that are, I think performing live in front of an audience is a big part of it and being a yeah. band. Um, Matt, Matt from, uh, Muse is one of my favorite oh, sure. guitar players doing new things. Uh, there's a band called All of Them Witches, which is, uh, oh, yeah, they're great. I, I really, really like them. They seem to be like the next ev- evolution of like Queens of the Stone Age or something. So I don't necessarily, look for guitar players with technical ability, just people that are doing, you know, some interesting things. Um, there's a female duo called Deep Valley, which, oh, yeah. uh, which, um, uh, you know, maybe not on technical terms, but the, the, the guitarist is doing some really cool things. There's a lot happening, I think, in the blues, blues part of, of guitar playing. Samantha Fish yeah. uh, is incredible, incredible. Um, and um, oh, what is the the uh, I forgot the guy's name. He plays blues guitar. There's that guy, Mark, Marcus King. He's great. Yeah. What a ba- and what a band with the horns yeah. and everything. And uh, and um, but there seems to be like this young group of guitar players. I don't know if it's because of Joe Bonamassa or something, but they seem to be rediscovering the roots of the guitar stuff. The the Freddie Kings and the Albert Kings and BB and. I think that's so great because yeah. that's where I started. You know, my my first, you know, on a track, I got Chuck Berry's greatest hits, and you know, for me, you could you could learn that stuff, yeah. even with limited ability, and you could play those songs. And I think that's really that's important for every guitar player. If you jump in there and you want to be Eddie Van Halen, like a lot of these kids are, you know, they're playing for four months and they're already tapping. <laughs> you know, it's like that, that was Eddie, you know, that's Eddie's yeah. thing. And it, but it's like, 
learn about songs, learn about melody, learn about rhythm. It's all that's and 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 with most of the stuff that I do, ninety percent of the time I'm playing rhythm guitar. Yeah, and uh, and I love doing that because that's when I'm a part of the band. I'm locked into the bass and drums, and we're I feel like we're a gang at that point. When I play a solo, that's that's nice. I enjoy doing it. But I really love being a part of the band. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Eddie Van Halen because that was my. Um, I picked up a guitar in when I was twelve, and I went into a into a music class thinking I'm going to walk out today and be able to be Eddie Van Halen, <laughs> and I didn't. And I gave I, I I had no patience, and I was like, I can't do that. I can't play um, Hot Cross Buns or whatever I had to play, and and I gave up. So I never I've never learned to play anything. But uh, oh well. <laughs> I get to write. I get to write about it. Um, so what? Uh, like I said, I, it, it seems like you're always doing something. Um, do you have anything outside of Billy Idol that you're working on this year that, that might see the light of day? Um, what else am I working on at the moment? Uh, I'm sure there is, but um, I'm actually. You, uh, yeah, go ahead. Are you involved at all with the? Uh, uh, and I, I, I probably should know this answer. Um, the the new Top Gun movie. Um. Maybe <laughs> they um, the the gentleman that I uh, worked with on the first movie, Harold Faltermeyer, is also yeah. scoring the movie as well as Hans Zimmer. And um, from what I understand, they have the multi tracks from the original, oh, wow. and are probably going to use the guitar tracks. Um, I'm as curious as anybody to, <laughs> to, to see what 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 they do with it, but um, uh, but what we, we shall see. Very cool. I, and I totally cut you off. Is there anything that you're working on? Um, yeah, I mean, um, I have plans to do a, a, a probably uh, a, another record. Um, it won't be instrumental. I'm thinking about doing something with, with uh, guest vocalists and probably people that, uh, like, as I said, you know, I like working with, with musicians outside of what I'm known for, you know, yeah. not necessarily work with rock musicians. It's like, boy, I did a flamenco record to, to work with other people. Um, so I think as long as, as long as I'm challenged and I'm covering new ground, uh, um, then there's a reason for me to do it. And, um, and I think I'm, I'm more and more, I'm leaning towards, do, possibly doing some sort of combination of orchestral and and guitar and two, I don't know I'm I'm drawn I listen to a lot of classical music lately and a lot of soundtracks and things and I'm I'm like really enamored with arrangements and 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 things of that nature so um, we'll just have to see where it leads me you know? yeah. Well, very cool. Like I said, it's a, it's a true honor to uh, to talk to somebody that I used to pretend to be in front of the mirror, and um, <laughs> yeah. and I will definitely not miss you next time you come through Ohio. Have a good evening, and uh, again, I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. All right, take it easy. Okay, okay, right. bye bye, bye bye.